Let's talk about BRICS. BRICS would be an acronym for uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Uh, a number of nations that gather together with the uh, with the desire to create an alternative to Western, here's a term that you'll hear a lot nowadays, hegemony, Western or even U.S. dollar hegemony, or the ability to dominate by virtue of the U.S. dollar and global economics and hand in glove with politics. Um, the BRICS nations had a summit last week, uh, the BRICS Summit 2023, they held it in Johannesburg, and uh, the primary discussions revolved around uh, really two things. One was inviting additional member states, uh, throw another few bricks at the wall. Sorry, I had to do that. Uh, but they added nations like Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, uh, Argentina, um, uh, and other nations that Iran has also been invited. These nations, I think six in total, are going to gain full membership into the BRICS group as of the 1st of January, 2024. And uh, so that was the one topic of discussion. The other topic of discussion in, in connection with what I was just describing, the idea of, of undermining, uh, really kind of creating a counter, an alternative to, to U.S. and U.S. dollar dominance in global economics and politics, uh, part of that discussion and a major thrust of it had to do with what is known as de-dollarization. In other words, detaching themselves from dependence upon the U.S. dollar for international business. Things like um, buying oil and such being a, a primary element within that discussion, primary focus of, of this discussion. Um, for countries who buy oil from places like Saudi Arabia, traditionally there has been uh, uh, the use of the U.S. dollar uh, by virtue of some agreements that took place back in the 70s um, that, that basically uh, provided for the U.S. dollar to be the, the reserve currency by which these kinds of transactions would take place. In other words, Saudi Arabia, uh, in exchange for certain measures of, uh, of, of recognition on different fronts, and also for some military gain, um, uh, agreed to uh, sell oil using only the U.S. dollar. And so that was the, the way of the world for about 50 years or so, and, uh, or, yeah, yeah, sure, something like that. So, 70 years now, I guess, but... Um, uh, not 50 years, whatever the case, but long, long time, generation or so. And so if you wanted to buy oil from Saudi Arabia, you would use the U.S. dollar to do so predominantly. So uh, now that's beginning to change. Uh, in other words, there is a moving away from the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency in that respect in regard to buying oil, but also in general. There is now increasing confidence uh, as this BRICS group increases and as its, uh, as its expansive effect on GDP uh, uh, continues to grow, its confidence will continue to grow as well. And of course, for a number of reasons, uh, not the least of which is the growth of BRICS and the introduction of growth of BRICS, but also because we've been in the habit lately of printing money and giving it out for free during pandemics and stuff like that. We've done a lot of things to undermine the uh, the value and therefore the influence of the U.S. dollar. And so uh, now economics on a global scale is a very, very complicated thing. And I say that to say this, uh, much like my dis in my discussion with my buddy Steve uh, uh, in, on this topic uh, a few months ago, um, I, would I would point out that the idea that there's going to be a radical shift overnight away from the U.S. dollar is probably not a likely thing. I may have mentioned this in the podcast the other day when we were talking about things to watch. But I will say that the change 
is coming and it is likely going to begin to have ramifications in ways that may not have initially been understood by and large by the general public. Um, uh, you don't have to completely flip the switch away from the US dollar to have very significant uh, impact uh, of a move even a little bit more and more increasingly away from the US dollar. Um, for example, I mentioned before the nations that are involved in, uh, in BRICS now will include Saudi Arabia and Iran and the United Arab Emirates. So let me just throw a couple of ideas of how that may have an impact in regard to global politics that we understood to operate one way yesterday, but as of, as of January 1st may begin to very differently operate going forward. Um, let me start with the United Arab Emirates. Uh, a few years ago, uh, Donald Trump, uh, former president, signed what was called, or you know, brokered what was called the Abraham Accords, which brought recognition of Israel with a number of nations in the Middle East, including Saudi Arabia, uh, the United Arab Emirates, uh, and others who would now recognize Israel as a business partner in the region. Now, money talks, right? And so the fact that now there is a mutual gain on all these parties to recognize one another and do business with one another, was a, and, and brokering that agreement and those relationships was a monumental achievement. It was no small thing at all. Well, now uh, Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates are starting to side with BRICS, which is a direct competitor in many respects, in most respects, and, and, and will be in increasing respects uh, in the days to come. And so, um, oh, what was I just doing here? Okay, I just had to get my bearing for a second. Um, so the impact of the United States' influence in the Middle East, just even from those shifts beginning to take place, is an important thing to consider, an important thing to weigh. Um, whereas before, there was a lot of backing, a lot of support, a lot of fanfare and hoopla over these agreements because they were a pretty big deal. Uh, to find ourselves now in a place where, um, where these nations are now going to be shaking hands with nations that are diametrically opposed with much that has to do with our foreign policy, it's hard to imagine that's not going to have an impact uh, when it comes to things like the recognition of these nations with Israel. For example, just to go down the road a little bit, um, when you think about uh, Ezekiel 38, uh, we see here uh, a group of nations coming against Israel in the scenario that Ezekiel's prophecy deals with. One of the nations that is involved, but not in a direct way, but rather on the side, is Saudi Arabia, or otherwise known as Sheba and Dedan, in that description, in that chapter. Well, what, wonder, what is one of the reasons why they are not involved in trying to stop Russia from leading a horde of nations, uh, including Iran, by the way, into an attack upon Israel? Well, again, money talks. And if all of a sudden uh, Saudi Arabia is involved uh, financially with Russia they've got and, and Iran, they've got a motivation to not get involved in that, to stay on the sidelines. They sort of give a light rebuke, it would seem, uh, in the chapter, but there's not really a direct connection uh, in the conflict. Now, the United States, if in fact we are one of the young lions mentioned in association with Tarshish, uh, we are also not directly involved, but alongside of Saudi Arabia and other uh, young lions of Tarshish, which may include places like Australia, New Zealand, and such, uh, if in fact Tarshish speaks of Britain, 
uh, these nations are also not participating directly in that in that assault. Well, again, there are ramifications to agreements that are made, and so to to tie on with BRICS in the BRICS nations brings Iran even closer into relationship with the with with Russia, which is already a, a military uh, uh, resource based relationship, and also, of course, they share some ideologies as well. Um, and now, of course, as part of a uh, an economic, a growing economic superpower, uh, conglomeration of nations, which, by the way, depending on how much this really takes shape, there's also a sort of, at least, appearance of a shared joint leadership in that relationship, as opposed to, again, the, the hegemonic sort of approach of the United States being the chief dictator of policy uh, in regard to getting things done from our perspective. Uh, and so there's something attractive to nations to join BRICS because there's at least, again, the perception uh, of a partnership in that. And so that being said, there's a lot of things here that are potentially going to change and the landscape will, will likely change come January uh, or shortly thereafter, if not before for that matter. Um, some of those business dealings and such will no doubt begin to take place even before January 1st. But as far as full recognition of partnership into the BRICS group, that seems to be set for January 1st. Uh, and so the idea of de-dollarizing, um, now look at Saudi Arabia. Another thing is that, again, they had an agreement with the United States uh, that has lasted a very, very long time, but obviously that time is coming to an end. That's no longer quite the uh, agreement. It doesn't have quite the grip and strength that it did before. Now, of course, a lot of things can, can be discussed as to why that would be. And of course, you know, the, the predominant conversation in the news now has to do, again, with the United States sort of bullying its way through, not only with its military might over the years, but even with its economic might. And uh, that is the primary focus of much of the discussion today. Uh, but we should also mention, too, that, that our support of uh, the Abraham Accords really has fallen apart uh, since the time of Trump. Our military might has waned. Our economic uh, standing in the world is, is drifting uh, by the day. As a matter of fact, I posted a, uh, an analysis by, uh, 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 from the news program, The Hill, uh, in regard to this, and they, they will show a graph that you'll see if you watch that, uh, that demonstrates over the next uh, couple of decades, we'll see the United States fall to second and even third in terms of economic might in the world, uh, behind countries like India and China and such. So, uh, you know, again, it doesn't require turning off the faucet to the U.S. dollar entirely because the strength of the United States economy since the 70s, when we moved away from uh, 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 connecting our economic strength with the gold standard to simply connecting our economic strength with the perception of the value of the US dollar and the perception of the strength of the US dollar, since we are now perception-based, what that means is, is if the economic strength, the actual economic strength of the dollar is waning and the perception of that strength is waning, there is nothing left for that economy to really stand on. And if all of a sudden confidence shifts too much, it's very much like the stock market. When a stock begins to sink and begins to drop, a lot of people jump ship because they think they want to get off before this ride comes to an end. Well, if the if the ride of the US economy and all the strengths and the, the tidal wave of, of excess and, and, and value and, and, uh, and, and, and benefit and blessing that has come so much because of the strength of the U.S. economy comes, is looking like it's about to fall, we shouldn't be surprised when nations begin to move away and look for an alternative uh, in order to, to hedge their bets. And so as the strength of the BRICS uh, group uh, economic influence rises, 
and ours begins to fall, I would only imagine that more and more nations, um, uh, especially those again in the global south, as we, we uh, as we refer to so many of these nations, uh, South America, Latin America, South Africa, those kinds of things, uh, we should not be surprised if we see more and more of these nations start to uh, come on board with the BRICS group. Now, again, all of these things are subject to change. Any, you know, some radical event, some some catastrophic thing, could in fact turn things on a dime, on a dime-ish. You know, uh, in terms, we're talking about a gigantic thing with lots of moving parts. But but a catastrophe has a way of unifying and moving things in a way that day-to-day -day business can't. And so, uh, you know, I don't want to talk about this like it's an absolute certainty, but. Boy, it's a little bit difficult not to see this unfolding much in the way that I've described. And so that being said, let me talk about another element that's going to change that goes beyond just economic. Uh, again, right or wrong, the United States has had tremendous influence uh, politically around the world because of its economic might. Uh, it has not required the U.S. military as much as, as the U.S. dollar to drive policy around the world and to make our will, uh, to bring our will to pass uh, around the world. And so when it comes to sanctions when it, and that kind of thing, um, more and more nations joining together with the BRICS group means a stronger economic footprint within that group and a stronger uh, and, 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 and stronger ties between those nations. Um, you know, as, as the world begins to buy more and more from those nations, and potentially less and less from the United States. In other words, the dependence upon the United States begins to wane. That can only impact things politically on our, you know, for us as well. Uh, if we think that Russia or Iran is doing something that we don't like, or is legitimately wrong, by the way, something that is morally, uh, ethically uh, wrong and needs to be stopped, the power of the U.S. dollar was at one time and continues on some level, but will soon not be. Uh, very, very influential in stopping aggression and those kinds of things. Uh, if, in fact, dependence on the United States economy drifts away or disappears outright, then we no longer have that resource on the global political stage. Now, again, maybe that's good, maybe that's bad. But one thing we can all agree on is it's going to be different because we've expected to be able to sort of see a world that is somewhat consistent because of the fact that the United States has had that kind of influence. For those of us in the West, that's been very, very comfortable. For those who are not in the West, there may be some uh, pretty excited people looking forward to the day when that influence ends. And now instead of us having any kind of a moral base to uh, exercise our judgments about how world business and world politics should be conducted, when that ends, we should expect to see a very different psyche globally speaking. No longer is the United States going to be the one sort of setting the tone for what things look like, but it's going to be whoever it's going to be. It could be Russia, it could be China, it could be India. All of these nations are, you know, uh, obviously come from a very different base morally and ethically than we do. Uh, matter of fact, we are very different morally and ethically than we used to be. But um, so that change is likely going to come anyway. But but in terms of global politics and the way that we interact in the world and the way the world influences us is probably going to see a pretty radical shift over the next few years as a result of this change that's taking place. Again, it doesn't require the dollar to go out of completely out of vogue 
in order for that to be true. Uh, it would be easy at this point to revisit some of the discussions we've had about sort of the time frame that has been traditionally um, uh, has traditionally been uh, the, the timeline that nations have sort of risen and stayed at the top and then dropped off over time. Typically about 200 years, 250 years. Well, the United States, of course, as we've talked about before, is right at that place. You know, we are about due to sort of be knocked off the top of the mountain and someone else is gonna take that place. So now with the, the BRICS group sort of taking prominence, you know, maybe it's going to be a conglomeration of these nations rather than one particularly. Uh, but, um, you know, and of course, you know, you talk about uh, the European Union and all these other uh, global political and economic entities, uh, when there ceases to be uh, a single major influencer as the one driving the, the conversation, again, whether that's good or bad, it's not my argument, not my intention to wade into those waters specifically, but again, we have to recognize, and this is where I want to kind of bring it in, we want to recognize that it is going to be different. It's not going to look the same as it always has, which of course is par for the course, uh, considering where we are going in so many other arenas. Uh, we've talked often about the Great Reset, whatever that's going to be called in the days ahead, whether it's the Great Reset or it's going to be, uh, whether it's under some other terminology, we are in fact moving toward a globalized system. And the idea of nations being consolidated under BRICS uh, nations being consolidated under the European Union and the influence of the United States on the global stage waning to the point where we will likely become, if not fully irrelevant, at least for all practical intents and purposes, functionally irrelevant um, uh, in, a, in a soon coming day, all of these things require us to be aware and to watch. Um, from a, As believers, as followers of Jesus, as we recognize the, the changing tide and of course, it's been changing for a long time. In our last uh, update, you know, things to watch, we don't wanna continue to think that we're ever gonna go back. I think I talked about in that video. We don't ever wanna, we don't wanna continue to think that we're ever going back to the way things were. They're not. They're not going to go back to the way things were. The sooner that we embrace that idea and prepare ourselves for that from the perspective of kingdom work and recognizing that we are looking for the kingdom to come and his will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven, that is our primary focus in the days ahead. And we, we want to cultivate a mindset within ourselves that embraces that and prepares for it and prioritizes our life with Christ as being the primary thing that we focus on and seek to share in the days ahead. So this is intended to, again, be just sort of a brief little bit of an update discussing uh, the ideas of bricks and how that may impact things and what that means for us in real life. It's not just theory, it's not just news out there, but this is gonna have real world implications for us here in the United States. And we wanna be aware of that as we look for the, uh, uh, you know, the increasing move toward globalism in that. So again, just some thoughts here in uh, relatively, I guess for me, kind of a brief post about these things, but hopefully you find it useful. Again, I'll put some links in here that you can begin to track some of this stuff down and do some of your own homework. Uh, which is always my encouragement. You know, it's it's great that, you know, maybe we can plant some seeds in your mind to think about and all that kind of thing. But when you start looking into it yourself and begin to understand these things more fully, that's useful. That causes us to begin to get on our knees and seek the Lord. It causes us to prioritize the gospel and our own relationship with Christ and deepening it. It prepares us more and more to let go of the things of this world and recognize this isn't our home, but we're in fact uh, very, very close to going home. 
So be encouraged by that as you consider these things. But Father, we thank you and praise you for giving us uh, eyes to see, ears to hear what is going on around us in the world around us. That uh, Father, we're not ignorant to what is happening, but rather we recognize the signs of the times that we're living in and recognize that we're in fact living in the times of the signs. So thank you for giving us that awareness. And we pray that you'd help us as we study these things to first and foremost, study your word and to invest ourselves in that that we might ultimately grow in our faith and be prepared for those things, that we might respond to them biblically as Christ would have us respond. So thank you, Father. We love you and praise you and ask you to continue to pour into our understanding of these things, that we might be a blessing in the work that you're doing and accomplishing in the days in which you've called us to live. Thank you, Father, for calling us for such a time as this, and we commit ourselves afresh to you to accomplish your plans and your purposes. In Jesus' name, amen.